0: Welcome to the Azure podcast, a weekly podcast to keep you up to date on what's new on our cloud platform, Microsoft Azure. Your hosts, Cynthia Crane, Evan Basilic, Suji Demello, Kendall Rodin, Kel Teeter, and Russell Young discuss a different service or solution on each show with subject matter experts to explain how to get started, how different services work, and how to make decisions in tricky scenarios. You can find out more about our podcast at azpodcast.com or follow us on Twitter at Azure Podcast. Welcome back to the Azure Podcast. Today is the 23rd of March of 2022, and we are recording episode 417 with the topic App Service Diagnostics. On Teams with me today, we have Sujit, Evan, Kale, myself, Cynthia, and our very special guest, Yong-Jung Choi. And before we get to our special guest, as usual, we have a couple updates we'd want to share. And I know, Kale, you put a couple of them in. you want to start?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, So I got four of them here today. Uh, The first one is around port forwarding management uh, with the Azure Load Balancer. So there's been some enhancements there today. Uh, around managing port forwarding for virtual machine scale sets uh, or group of machines in your backend pool. Um, and so the, the blog kind of goes through why you would do this, uh, what port forwarding is about. So if you're not familiar with that concept, uh, kind of walks through uh, those scenarios and, and why this is important. And it's really around an easier way to manage uh, things whenever you have to use inbound NAT rules and things like that for your um, load balance machines. Second one is an event call out. Um, So there's this modernize and migrate with hybrid cloud flexibility event, which is an awesome title. (laughs) But uh, this is happening on April 13th. Uh, All kidding aside, it's a a pretty cool event and they kind of talk through some of the infrastructure modernization and migration stuff, uh, hybrid cloud, Uh, There's a bunch of demos and workshops that are going on there. And you can even win stuff like Surface headphones, earbuds, and things like that. So uh, it's a digital event. Um, I think it's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific time. So it's only a few hours on uh, April 13th. Um, So check it out. Uh, The other two are around GPU type stuff. Um, So one is around these, uh, I guess we call them NVADs. Uh, NVADS uh, A10s uh, in Azure, which are these new SKUs, which are the NVIDIA A10 Tensor Core GPUs. Um, kind of technical, but they're uh, bigger. Uh, so they do more compute.
2: technical Is that the technical description (laughs)
1: yeah technical but they're just more powerful uh (laughs) i'm not belittling that in any way i mean these are highly complex you know things for doing ai uh predominantly but also like graphics programming and things like that um so continuing our work on the uh n series uh that started years back uh these are uh in preview right now and then the last one is around uh, ACC, Azure Confidential Compute that we've talked about a few times on the podcast. Uh, we now have this new capability uh, to do confidential computing with NVIDIA GPUs, uh, which is super cool. Um, so when you think about you know, having a, an architecture where you have a CPU and a GPU, uh, there's a bus between them. Uh, this is a way for the data to be encrypted. Uh, so as it's moving from CPU to GPU over the PCIe bus, uh, it could also be encrypted. Uh, which is super cool uh, for highly confidential, you know, AI type workloads and uh, different things that people are running on there. This is a private preview uh, sign up. Um, So we'll post the, the notes in the blog, but you can basically sign up for this, but it's not something that's widespread yet. Uh, but it's kind of like an early access preview. And then we talk about some of the scenarios where confidential compute's being used. Uh, I think Bosch and RBC, the Royal Bank of Canada, are being called out uh, in this blog post uh, around workloads that they're running in there using this technology. So super cool stuff.
2: Yeah, nice. There's been a lot of announcements around the confidential computer recently as it, as it sort of becomes integrated into the general use in the platform. And I think I saw some stuff with um, site recovery and Azure backup and stuff around that as well. Um, I'll jump in with the Azure Container Registry um, announcement. So there's now a public preview for Azure Container Registry on on Azure Stack Hub. Um, You know, just for everybody's recollection, this is the um, basically run Azure on hardware in your data center. Um, It's not quite the same implementation. There's a ton of commonality, though. The goal is to make those as close as possible. Um, But again, bringing some capabilities from the public cloud into the um, hybrid on-premises world.
3: Yeah, and I had a couple of updates. Uh, One is uh, regarding Azure Time Series, uh, which is a service that uh, we've had for a while, but has now being deprecated or being phased away uh, in favor of Azure Data Explorer. And I actually came to know this recently when a partner reached out to me with a question about time series, and then I came to find out later that we're recommending to them not to to take any more uh, action on that uh, time series service and to in fact move to data explorer. Uh, so that's something we still have time for that. It's uh, I think December 2025. Uh, but uh, what uh, doesn't have a whole lot of time is uh, app service. If you use dotnet in app service and you're still using dotnet code 3.1, that uh, uh, is coming up in December of this year. Uh, that's when it's that's going to go out of uh, support and you want to start moving to dotnet 6. Which reminds me, I need to check the Azure podcast website to make sure that we also do that at time. Uh, that's it for me.
0: And then kind of on the retirement train, Azure QA Maker will be retired on March 31st of 2025. And the recommendation is that you would migrate into um, Azure Cognitive Service for language, using custom questions so custom questions has um all the capabilities that's within q a maker and some more and i think it might be time for us to bring someone on to talk about the cognitive service space because i i feel it feels like there's been a lot of changes um in that aspect and i think that is the round of updates we had i'm now going to turn it over to Yoon. can you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us what you do at microsoft
4: Thanks for having me. Um, Hi everyone, my name is Yoon Choi. I'm a program manager at Microsoft, and I work on the self-serve diagnostics experience that you can easily find in the Azure portal. And um, today I'm here to talk about um, the Azure App Service Diagnostics experience, which is also known as App App Service Diagnostics.
0: So just as a starting point, What are some of the capabilities that App Service Diagnostics bring to our developers?
4: Yeah, so App Service Diagnostics, I think you can divide them into two buckets. One consists of of, various different checks that you can run uh, without doing any configuration. And it'll immediately tell you um, what are some of the critical issues that we discovered on your resource and um, provide you with the next steps on how to address those issues. And there's also another bucket of um, tools that you can use to investigate further into um, different set of issues. So I'll be going into more details later, but these tools are more investigative focused, investigation focused. Um, So a lot of the times you will need to do some minimal configurations to run these tools, but once you run them, you know, you can collect um, more additional, you, you can collect additional data to look further into the problem and debug.
0: So when you say there's no configuration required, is it just something that I enable or how how do I ensure I get these information?
4: Oh, yeah, good question. So a lot of the checks that will be running for um, those features that don't require you to have any configuration are from our platform logs. Um, so we really have that information in our hand and we have, you know, uh, very... Um, um, like those people, like who are subject matter experts in these areas, are authoring these checks, and you know they know about all of the known issues. So they're doing like validations against against those known issues to see if there are any critical issues that we should surface to you for using app service.
1: So is this something like uh, if I wrote a web application and I'm running it on Azure in an App Service, maybe I use like something like App Insights right now to get like deep telemetry and maybe even diagnostics like errors. Is this do I use this in conjunction with that or like how should I think about that?
4: Yeah, so you can actually use um, Application Insights in conjunction for App Service Windows. So if you go to App Service Diagnostics, um, there will be and once you drill down into the troubleshooting category availability and performance, there will be a little banner indicating that you can set up um, your connection to Application Insights. And once you enable that, you will be able to see some of the Application Insights information flowing in. So you can see all the diagnostics that we have in X-Service Diagnostics in conjunction with um, the information from Application Insights. The types of information that will be like um, powered by Application Insights, would be like the um, exception codes and whatnot, and like further details on those exceptions.
3: So, recently we had uh, a PM uh, that uh, talked to us about Azure Service Connector, which is kind of, it uh, seems to be a, a related service that uh, can diagnose connectivity issues between, let's say, your app service and uh, a database or storage account or things like that. So uh, but what you're talking about is focused primarily around the compute and the application itself. Uh, is, that, is that where the focus area is?
4: Um, yes, uh, but uh, good thing that you actually brought this up because we have a fairly new tool um, that kind of fits into the second bucket of tools that I mentioned named Network Troubleshooter, which does exactly that. So it would actually check for any connection failures to a resource such as like a SQL, um, Redis, or an on-prem in your like own virtual network. And then it also has um, basically an option to run checks on the configurations of your VNet integration. So um, it'll bubble up any red flags that it discovers and let you know if you need to take action.
2: So you, you mentioned you know coming subject matter effort, ugh, subject matter experts coming up with you know these insights and everything is, is this leveraging the same tooling that um you know the support ecosystem uses you know when they're looking for and debugging um, diagnostics and it and I'm guessing because I know the internal name of, I know the name of the internal tool so I'm I'm guessing they're close, closely related which is great because there's a lot of good stuff there but are we leveraging that full pipeline or is this something independent?
4: Yeah, so we are actually leveraging the full pipeline. So these exact like set of checks that you will see in the portal is what support engineers would see um, when they're working on your cases. Um, Obviously there will be some information that are internal only and and, um, support engineers might be able to see a little bit more um, in terms of um, the information, but um, you will uh, see a fair fair number of like checks that actually have like the same amount of information in both the support ecosystem as well as in the portal
2: right so 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 if i understand you right we may not be able to push a hundred percent of those forward to say customer facing but it's it's mm-hmm. absolutely the same thinking the same tooling the same mm-hmm. mindset not, and there's probably a lot of commonality between those two
4: places yeah, so it's uh, not that
2: we're hiding stuff there's just not we just can't push everything mm-hmm. out to customers
4: right and then um basically uh, we are As I've mentioned, uh, some of the subject matter experts who have authored these checks are actually CSS engineers who see um, customer pain points every day. Um, So like you'll notice that a lot of um, these known issues and those ones are very, very much what we observe as a common trend in terms of what customers experience. Um, So you'll um, end up finding a good uh, set of checks to run against your apps.
0: Can you walk us through a flow of, for instance, my application is down? How can I leverage App Service Diagnostic to find out what I should fix?
4: Yeah, definitely. So, first thing you would do, given that you have an App Service instance hosted on Azure, um, you would go to the overview blade for your App Service resource. And then once you land there, um, you'll see. A menu item in the left that says Diagnose and Solve Problems. And also there is a really obvious big tile in the main page that says Diagnose and Solve Problems. So you you can click on that one too. So it's hard to miss. (laughs) Um, But once you click there, um, you'll be taken to the App Service Diagnostics landing page where you See um, immediately, there are like a few checks that are run, which I'm hoping to get into more details later on. So I'll skip this for now. But you'll immediately see that a few checks have been run on your app. But also below, there are several troubleshooting categories for you to um, check out, um, ranging from availability and performance, configuration and management, SSL and domains, risk assessments, um, navigator, and then diagnostic tools. And um, like, Cynthia, the example that you gave was what happens like if you're having issues with uh, downtimes on your app. So um, since downtimes are like uh, very much uh, related to availability and performance of your application, uh, among the troubleshooting categories, I, w- I would choose availability and performance. And um, once you land there, um, there will be some checks run on your behalf again, related to availability and performance issues. So you can either click on any of the reds that you see among those checks. Like if you have a large percentage of failed requests, there will be a huge um, like red flag saying that you need to check this out. Or or if you have a spike in CPU usage, it'll also like point that out. But you can either click through these um, obvious um, like indicators of problems, or you can also click on Web App down in the left navigation, which will take you to um, a set of checks that consist of any factors um, that could cause your web app to go down. So these multiple checks are run to see if any of these get a hit on whether um, your web app is experiencing downtime. So once you land there, you'll see um, like checks consisting of, you know, has your web app restarted recently? Have you had high CPU? You have, are you running out of memory? Um, was there an application crash, or was there any HTTP server errors? And I especially like this one because it'll actually give you um, very detailed information on, you know, what these HTTP errors are consisting of. So let, let's just take for an example, if you're getting a 503, which is a server unavailable error, and it'll show you the number of hits we were getting on that request, so requests that were failing with this status code and then also the failing module, which in this case um, will be a rewrite module. And then it'll tell you the next steps on how to fix this problem. And sometimes it'll even um, point you to some investigative tools, which we call diagnostic tools um, in the app service experience. So you can further um, drill down into the issue and find the root cause.
0: Given the description, is this something people usually come to when there is a problem or can this also be like a proactive monitoring tool before it becomes a problem?
4: Yeah, that's a great question. So I've definitely seen um, people use this as just a basic um, sanity check. So they would just come to Webex down every day and just run it just to see if there's any issue that gets bubbled up. Um, but also there's uh, another set of tools that are more proactive in nature. Um, I think it's a good segue to get to those tools, actually. So like um, I said in the beginning, like there are two different buckets and one of it being the investigative tools, which we call diagnostic tools. And if, if you go there, um, there are, I believe, three tools mapping to uh, what we call proactive tools. And what these tools do at a high level, you can kind of set conditions on um, when you want a mitigative actions to be triggered. So let's take one for an example. Like if, if you um, know that when your app is having, I don't know, um, like 10 counts of 500 errors, you immediately want to recycle your proce- recycle the process, and restart the app um, to, you know, get it out of a bad state. You can actually define these conditions in this tool called Auto Heal, and then configure the action that you want to take. If you just simply want to recycle the process, that's good. But if you also want to investigate farther, you can recycle the process and at the same time log this event so you can actually like collect memory dumps, CLI profiler, um, and such. And then um, basically, once you have all of these conditions defined, you can just uh, save the setting, and then um, basically the setting will be saved to your app setting, and, and um, you will be able to just monitor your... App for these defined conditions, and whenever those conditions are met, the mitigative action will take place.
1: Yeah, that was going to be my question: if it could like do auto-heal type stuff, how how open is that? Right, you mentioned like recycling a process, which is pretty basic, but like, should I think about this as like, uh, let's say CPUs like pegging on my, uh, my web servers? I should have more web servers, right? Uh, does it do things like that? Like I can actually orchestrate, like scaling up more servers or is it fo- solely focused on this process on this machine? Like,
4: Oh, yeah. So um, these set of tools I mentioned are um, more or so focused on the mitigative actions. So just really trying to get your app out of a bad state. But there are set of Actually, checks that you can run within diagnostic uh, within App Service Diagnostics. You can find them under the troubleshooting category risk assessment. And um, basically, what it's doing is there are various different um, configurations that you can do to make sure your app is resilient to downtimes. Um, and just to list a few, like those could be um, you want to distribute your workload uh, across multiple instances to remove a single point of failure. Or um, another example I can think of is like, having always on enabled on your on your resource. So you're not experiencing any cold starts and the list goes on and on. But basically all of these best practices have been made into checks um, that can be easily found on App Service Diagnostics. And once you run them, um, it'll just immediately tell you whether you have it configured how you can, if you don't have it configured, how you can configure it, and also it even like has checks on like let's say you have an auto heal rule that I just talked about configured, but it's not really optimal. Like as in you had it, you your like request count is way too low that your app will like always be recycling. Like that's not what you want. Like those um, conditions will be also called out in this um, in the risk assessments. So if you have like questions around, you know, like whether I should scale up or scale out like those questions and, you know, how to keep my app to be more resilient to downtimes, risk assessment is a great resource to uh, go to.
3: And while while you were talking uh, just now, you and I went on to our Azure podcast uh, website, uh, which is an app services, and I tried this. I went to the Ask Genie tool, which is pretty nice. And uh, asked, uh, is the website working? It? And it immediately ran a few checks and it said, oh, you got one HTTP 500 error you need to look into, which I didn't know. So it does work. Very nice.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. thought you were
2: going to well, say it. Our site's got all these problems. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was one problem from the last uh, <laughs> one month. So it's not bad.
4: <laughs> also, good thing you brought up the Ask Genie experience. And I think you were like the model example of how to use the Ask (laughs) Genie feature. Basically, like I talked about like all these different paths that you can take uh, within App Service Diagnostics, but let's say, for example, you're like completely new to this experience and you have no clue where to go to, there will be a button um, in the landing page and also everywhere within Diagnostics called Ask Genie kind of fixed at the top middle part of the page and if you click on it, it'll open up a chat chatbot um, experience where you can type in the problem that you're experiencing in your own words. So I can say something like um, like my web app is down and then it will pull up any checks that we have that are relevant to the problem statement that I shared. Along with some um, documentations from web, we deem are very important for troubleshooting this type of issue. So yeah, that's that was great actually <laughs> that you were um, able to use need to figure out the problem. It, the
2: um, it, it, uh, and I, I think the, I I'm fairly sure I know the the answer to this because we're you're talking about app services and and I'm pretty sure that last time I checked our site is running within a, um, a web app right a multi-tenant environment versus the single-tenant environment. I can use this on sort of that full range of um, web apps deployments, right? I can do it on App Service environment. I can do it on V2, V3. I can do it on multi-tenant. It doesn't really matter what my platform. I can use Genie and and, um, App Services diagnostics with it, right?
4: Yeah. um, So we don't have, we don't yet have support for um, Ask Genie for App Service environments, um, but we do have support for it in uh, Windows. Uh, Web app Windows and Web app Linux, I believe. Okay. But okay. we are working on expanding support to all the resources that have uh, a similar experience, like App Service Diagnostics.
2: Okay. So, so just to make sense, so everybody has the App Services Diagnostics, the Genie piece, sort of the the for those of us that don't know what we're doing piece, like that that part. It, it's not quite everywhere yet, but it's coming. You're working on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great.
0: So you you talked about auto heal earlier. Um, once I get through one of those events, is there a way that I can capture that lesson or are there data that's collected associated with that incident that I can kind of use after I mitigate the issue to ensure that like maybe I go through my architecture and re-architect certain components?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when you configure actions, when you're first setting up your auto heal rule and you configure your actions. And if you select um, collecting artifacts such as memory dump, it will ask you where you would like to collect your memory dump. And you can specify the storage account for which you will be collecting these logs in. Uh, so after you know, an uh, auto heal event happened and we and the tool has collected a um, mem- uh, memory dump, let's just take that as an example. Um, if you go to the auto heal tool, you'll see this button. Um, underneath that says view all sessions and, and you can um, it'll open up uh, just a little page to the right and then you can see all the sessions um, that took place. Also another way would be if you since you, you've given your storage account um, you can just go directly to your storage account to fetch the memory dump as well.
3: Yeah, well, one thing I, I really like uh, about this unit is again, uh, I was looking at the diagnostic tools page, and uh, you, it, there's a lot of care being taken about being language uh, uh, aware, right? Programming language aware. Uh, so there's a little drop-down uh, which is currently was which was defaulted to ASP.NET uh, for us because that's what our website is based on. And I noticed that if we switch it to Java, then accordingly all the tools switch accordingly. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, very nice. Uh, I mean, as a developer, I feel very good knowing that uh, you know you've taken that into account. Uh, every developer obviously has their own favorite tools, and you know they can easily get to it just by switching the development language on there. So that's well done.
0: Okay. Well, I was thinking, through, like the error codes or web apps being down. Is this the place where you would simulate like a load testing or should you go to like Chaos Studio for those situations?
4: So um, for simulating load testing, I think you can definitely leverage the load testing service. And we do have uh, integration with the load testing service, which I believe is in public preview at this moment. Um, And basically within load testing, if there's been any um, issues detected, Um, especially like on the Availability and Performance application, there will be a link provided in the load testing um, interface. You click on it and it'll take you directly to the page where you can see more detailed diagnostics information. But so um, to summarize my answer, you can't simulate load testing within App Service Diagnostics, but we do have integration with load testing service. Awesome.
3: And you and I take that these features are all, uh, there's no additional charge for them, right? They're all included in terms of the base uh, price that you pay for the app service.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like I said, um, this is, Mostly, um, no configuration necessary, except for these um, diagnostic tools, that where you would have to input and configure um, conditions and triggers or you want to define. But apart from that, no configuration necessary, and you'll just see it um, right after you create your web app and come to the overview page, you'll just immediately see that menu item you can start exploring.
3: Now, what kind of process do you have in place to identify new new scenarios that you may not have covered here? Right, like obviously, as you said, you know, you you you've used some of your experience with CSS engineers and whatnot to create these scenarios that are covered in these tools. But let's suppose we hit a new scenario, right? Maybe a mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, some kind of a denial of service attack scenario, whatever. I don't know. I'm just making it up, uh, where uh, where you have to add on. So do you have like a, like a is this something that's going to be an ongoing thing where you're going to add on new New features to this tool and how do how do you figure out what features you need to add
4: yeah so we have various um people looking into the case volume every day and also um like from the platform side which errors are being hit most so if we have that information we can easily convert them into these checks and you know try to surface them to the to the customers. So yeah, um, we are always working on covering more scenarios.
2: He's trying to put me on of business is what I heard since I live on the broken side of things.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just thinking as the number of people calling in for the for support now is going to drop dramatically after this. <laughs> there,
2: there's definitely some things in there that uh, we used to do by hand for sure that are, are much, much easier and faster to do automated now. This is great to see.
0: Great to hear. <laughs> Any last questions for you? No, this you- did,
2: like, like I said, I mean, this is awesome to see us pushing more and more of this um, stuff forward to customers because, you know, if they have problems, they don't want to talk to us either, right? They want to figure it out themselves and, and resolve it then. So this is great.
3: Are there plans to roll this out to other uh, compute services as well uh, besides app service?
4: Great that you asked. So we actually have presence in many different Azure resources already, so um, you'll see a similar experience for AKS API management logic apps. Um, function apps and signal R and a few more that I can't name at the top of my head, but uh, we are always expanding, so you, um, more, most likely um, in the within the next months or years. You'll, you'll start seeing more of this experience for Azure services. Wow, that's Thank you awesome. very
0: much. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope this was hopefully fun for you. Um, <laughs> you know, this is this thank is one of our goals. Me. Yes. And thanks, everyone.
2: Thanks, folks. See y'all later. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have any thoughts, questions, or just want to connect, find us on Twitter at Azure Podcast background music has been taken from ccmixer.org under the Creative Commons license. We hope you'll tune in again soon to keep learning with
0: us.